Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. New week here on the show. We have kind of a quirky week for you. Aaron and I are uh, doing some traveling and have some other business we need to attend to this week. So we are with you for a live program today or an original show if you're listening via podcast later. Uh, Tomorrow, no show. Wednesday, we will have an evergreen. So that won't be live, but it will be an original program for you on Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, we'll be back live, but I will be in Dallas. I am going to speak at the Vitae Foundation's Pro-Life Banquet in Dallas on Thursday evening. Uh, There are details for that at VitaeFoundation.org if you would like to attend. VitaeFoundation.org. And if you do, please feel free to come by and say hello. So I'll be in Dallas uh, most of this week, uh, and we'll have live shows for you here today, Thursday, and Friday, and then also uh, we will uh, have an evergreen on Wednesday. So wanted to give you some uh, heads up on that, so we'll have a bit of a, a quirky schedule here coming up. Actually, the next couple of weeks, I've got some speaking and traveling I need to be doing, and uh, so the schedule here may be a little quirky for the next uh, couple of weeks, in fact. Um, We have a big announcement to make here momentarily on the show, Uh, something I'm very, very excited about, and it's something that uh, several of you have actually asked for, and you're going to get your wish, and we'll tell you about it here in just a moment. But first, uh, let me tell you about our friends over at Birch Gold. Uh, I saw Steve Cortez this morning tweeting out that uh, we have the, the, the worst market for home buying in America since 2008. Another trend line. We've been following these trend lines. And of course, if you know anything about housing markets and and our economy, you don't want any trend line that compares with 2008. That's very, very bad news. And Americans have a lot of wealth stored up in homes that they can't sell to people like Todd, who'd like to buy him from you and move his family closer to school, but can't afford 8% mortgage rates. When I refied three years ago for three and a half, I mean, that, that's incredible, man. I mean, that, that's absolutely incredible. Two years ago, my mortgage rate was just over three. There you go. Folks, now we have the G20 nations are, are announcing plans to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on, upon their respective uh, populations. That's central bank digital currencies. What are those? Uh, basically, they're the mark. I mean, I could give you a, a more technical definition, but essentially it's a proto version of, uh, of a mark, uh, of, of something that without it, you could not buy or sell and governments would be able to control what you were buying and what you were selling and how often. Now is the time to take more control over your finances. Concerned Americans need to diversify into physical gold, and you can do so with the help of our friends over at the Birch Gold Group. Uh, if you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, Call Birch Gold right now. Text Steve, 989-898. Text Steve to 989-898. They'll send you a free info kit on gold. That's about the easiest way to begin the process of becoming a Birch Gold customer. So if you have an IRA, a 401k with a previous employer that's just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA with gold. Text Steve to 989-898 and get that free info kit by texting Steve to 989-898. Well, there have been numerous requests for this in my inbox. We haven't talked about it very much publicly uh, because we were unsure 
of when we were going to be able to unveil this to you and make it available to you. But we found out late last week, we were able to negotiate around, let's go Brandon and other nefarious forces that do not want to make such content available to you. Um, And we are able to present it to you today. I'm talking about this. For years without measure, that's all there ever was. Heaven and hell, armed enemy camps in complete opposition. That is until you were created. He's called the great red dragon. He's called the devil, which simply means adversary. He's called Satan. He's called also the one who deceives the whole world, the ancient serpent. And we began our forever mission to destroy you. He made you in his image, but we remade you in ours. When I think that my kids will touch their phone 2,000 times today, they'll see 10,000 media messages in one day, so many of them so draped with lies. Behind all those lies, we see that Satan is the one who deceives the whole world. Our plan is to hurt him, to punish him, and we do that by destroying what he loves, which is you. We want to bring him out of the shadows. We want him to be known and to be seen so people see him for who he really is. And then we're going to wreck your worldview a little bit as well, but in order to feel more like a victor instead of a victim. And so we're going to equip you to do that. Everything you've ever wanted to know about the enemy and more importantly, how weak of an opponent he actually is. Know thy enemy, a nefarious Bible study. This launches today. Yes, not much of a lead up, but Todd, we didn't have much of a lead up when we launched Fauci and Bargain either because we weren't sure how we were going to get that out and how soon, and it ended up being a number one bestseller. It did okay. Okay. All right. So this launches today, just in time for this particular time of year, not to mention, um, and we didn't know this when we began working on this project back in June, that it would be available for a period of time when we are watching spiritual warfare literally play out in our headlines. So Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. It's a six-week Bible study anchored by myself and our good friend, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, Oxford-trained theologian uh, at Prestonwood Baptist in Dallas. He's actually going to join us on the show later today to give us a preview of this curriculum, and we're extremely excited about it. It's a six-week Bible study. Uh, You go to Amazon, you purchase the book, and inside each book is its own code, That will give you the opportunity to go to the website, nefariousbiblestudy.com, and download the videos that go along, or stream, the videos that go alongside with each and every lesson. Just as much of the movie Nefarious is two men in a detention center, so is much of the discussion here. Except instead of an atheist talking to a demon, now we have a Christian talking to a theologian. And this is an opportunity to pierce the veil here and, and uh, pierce the darkness and take a look into the unseen realm and, and, and learn how to walk in victory. For too long, I think the church in the West has either been too obsessed with this to the point that it's just lost physical mooring with the world or just completely ignorant of it and acting as if uh, this realm does not exist. Spiritual warfare does not exist. Um, we want to um, take advantage of both of those. Uh, we think, uh, unfortunate and misguided teachings and alert you to the unseen realm and alert you to the spiritual warfare that you see taking place and is taking place in your headlines right now as we speak. But to remember, ultimately, God is God. 
and no one else is. And that we walk in victory through him and we do not need to fear. That's why the Bible says 365 times, one for every day of the year. What a coincidence. Fear not. So you want to pick this up right now for your small group uh, and you can get it at Amazon right now. It's called Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. We're very proud of it. You're going to be very uh, impressed with the production value here, both within the book and the videos that we produced. We were, we've been making this all summer long. We were unsure how soon we'd be able to get it out. That's why we haven't done a lot of promotion of it. And you know what? We're ready. We're ready to launch today. All right. So go to Amazon and get your copy right now. Uh, know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. Get one for every member of your small group. You can start this six-week Bible study as soon as this week, and there will be a code in each book that will allow you to get access to the videos on the Nefarious Bible Study website. Again, it's called Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. And with that, uh, coming up on the show today, Jordan Schachtel is going to join us. He's been a longtime contributor to this show when it comes to national security matters. He's going to join us about what is going on right now, uh, the latest between Israel, Hamas, and perhaps even Hezbollah. So we'll get to that with uh, Jordan later today. I also mentioned that uh, we're going to be talking with Dr. Uh, Jeremiah Johnston later today to preview the nefarious Bible study a little bit more in depth. Bob Vanderplas will join us at the bottom of this hour, but before he's supposed to be going to Israel next week, by the way, we'll see if that's still on. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Ground Offensive. Israeli Defense Force soldiers have slowly entered Gaza proper as Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed on Sunday to, quote, demolish Hamas. The death toll from the terror attacks and ensuing conflict now sits at around 1,400, including 29 Americans. The number of hostages kept by Hamas is believed to be around 200. As the U.S. State Department drags its feet on getting Americans stranded in Israel out and then making them pay for it when they actually do, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis late last week issued an executive order allowing state resources to be used to bring home stranded Floridians and other Americans. The first evacuation flight of nearly 300 people landed in Tampa last night, and DeSantis was there to greet them. Here's how NBC News reported this morning. And look, most major airlines canceled flights in and out of Israel after those Hamas attacks. But here in Florida, the DeSantis administration launched evacuation operations. And last night, we met with folks who finally made it home, and we heard their stories. Today, more than 270 Americans evacuated from Israel are back in the United States arriving in Tampa overnight on the first flight to return to the U.S. in an operation organized by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. It's very emotional to be here, to be away from all of that. 91 of the passengers arriving last night were children. These kids are having to dodge rockets. These kids are having terrorists come after them. Not the way this world should be. For many, the homecoming is joyful, but the heartache isn't over. Liat Paradise was in Tel Aviv when the war began. It's just, it's so much heartbreak to leave everything so so suddenly and, and everything you love. And I haven't gotten to say goodbye to a single person. I'm worried. You know, all of my friends are out there serving. My cousin is on the front lines in Gaza, you know? <laughs> 
And Hoda, as we heard from those folks, a lot of Americans still stranded there, having a hard time making their way out of the country. Now, this operation was all part of an executive order allowing the state of Florida to carry this out. It was part of a partnership with Project Dynamo, which is a veteran-led search and rescue nonprofit. More flights are expected today and throughout the week, bringing Americans home to this state. Additionally, DeSantis is currently, to my knowledge, the only GOP candidate to flat out reject the notion that the U.S. should bring in refugees from Gaza. Here he is defending his case in front of a hostile interviewer on CBS News yesterday. How can you paint with such a broad brush to say 2.3 million people are anti-Semitic? Well, first of all, uh, my position is very clear. Uh, those Gaza refugees, Palestinian Arabs, should go to Arab countries. The U.S. should not be absorbing um, any of those. I think the culture, so they elected Hamas. Let's just be clear about that. Not everyone's a member of Hamas. Most probably aren't, but they did elect Hamas. In 2006, and then system, the military occupation happened after that, where well, they went well, in and haven't finish, allowed elections since 2007. So in 2006, there was I know, an election. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of, there was a lot of celebrating of those attacks um, in the Gaza Strip uh, by, by a lot of those folks who were not Hamas. But if you look at their education system, this has been an issue for a long time. They they teach kids to hate Jews. The textbooks do not have Israel even on the map. Uh, they prepare very young kids uh, to commit terrorist attacks. So I think it's a toxic culture. And I think if we were to import large numbers of those to the United States, I think it would increase anti-Semitism in this country. And I think it would increase anti-Americanism yeah. in this country. And that's something after seeing those demonstrations pop up in our country, just with, with blood still flowing amongst Israeli citizens over the weekend, mm -hmm. uh, you had people taking to the streets, cheering on the barbarism of Hamas in our own country. That was a chilling uh, thing to see. Uh, and I don't think that that's something that we should ever think is acceptable. No, uh, but no one's talking about getting Gazan refugees here right now. Moving on, after apparently organizing a rebellion to Jim Jordan's bid to become the House Speaker, Alabama Congressman Mike Rogers this morning said he talked with Jordan and is now on board with his candidacy. A vote on the House floor to make Jim Jordan Speaker is expected to happen tomorrow. On the prospect of adding another war to our nation's debt, here is what Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen had to say. Can, can America, can the West afford another war at this time? I, I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And now this for some whiplash. Here's this tweet from the Washington Post. A 21-year-old University of Wyoming student was looking for community. Instead, she faced death threats, a federal lawsuit, and an attempt to kick her out. The actual story here is that an overweight heterosexual dude started cross-dressing and used a new sorority rule that allows males to join the sorority if they claim to be trans or get into the sorority, so he could ostensibly be around naked young women. Not the plot of an 80s or 90s rom-com. He actually tried that and it blew up in his face and now the Washington Post is making him into a martyr. In Wisconsin, this is Democrat State Representative Dave Considine during a debate on a bill that bans boys from playing in girls' sports. And my granddaughter, who's playing college sports, I asked her about this when we had this two years ago and she said, you know what? If a trans woman was competing against me in the sport, then that just means if that person's better than me, 
I need to work harder. And finally, the Hegelian dialectic in 45 seconds. I come to you today as a transgender woman, as a queer woman, as a member of the LGBTQ community, and I come to you today to denounce the duplicitous and divisive propaganda spread by the occupation regime. Them tell it I should support the occupation. I should support the settlers. I should support the apartheid regime. And I should oppose the resistance of Palestinians. And why? Because of the allegedly LGBTQ friendly policies of the Zionist government and the supposed enmity of Muslims and the Palestinian people. But I am here to tell you that is a bald-faced lie. And that's what happened while we were away. Like the administrative assistants wearing hijabs, working in the Hamas corporate offices in underground bunkers. If they were, so we're talking like, you know, 120 pound women. 135 if you count the garb. Kind of like Fletch 6'9 with Afro. So they're about buck 20. And the C4 belt they're wearing? Yeah, it's a buck 35 if you count the garb that they're required to wear in the offices there. They would literally walk into that event and slit the throats of everybody there for a law without even thinking twice about it. Just slit all their throats. Right as they were talking and praising them and taking their side, they'd slit every single one of their throats if they could. And that, folks, when the thesis and the antithesis merge into one narrative, that is the Hegelian dialectic. Aaron's montage is brought to you by our friends uh, over at Jace Medical. They want to make sure uh, with their new product that you've got a backup of your existing meds like they did with their first product, the Jace case. They wanted to make sure you had a backup of venerable meds that could be declared dangerous after winning Nobel Prizes, just when you may or may not need them the most. They wanted to make sure they didn't happen with, uh, with doxycycline or amoxicillin. Well, now they want to make sure it doesn't happen with your meds. So make sure you get a 12-month backup of the meds you need. Everything from diabetes to heart health, blood pressure, mental health, and more when you go to jacemedical.com. J. J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E for jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. That's jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order at jacemedical.com. So let us get to what is uh, inside of Aaron's uh, montage today. And I I just want to say this. I, I never doubted that I made the right decision to endorse Ron DeSantis. But the, the way he has risen to the occasion here in the last week, when others have gone silent, you have Nikki Haley out there arguing to take in all the refugees. They're not going to go to Nikki Haley's house, of course. Others have stumbled. That's Biden. Well, day that ends in Y. Others have frankly just been plain stupid. Trump choosing to grind an axe with Bibi Netanyahu while they're presiding over the deadliest day in Israel since the Holocaust. And since Israel was established after the Holocaust, you get the picture. The way that he has risen to the occasion here has only confirmed it. I had a few of you, not many, Email me over the weekend. Got to get off the DeSantis. No, I'm actually, I'm not going to get off. In fact, 
I'm going to quadruple down. Because it's very obvious he's even more ready to be president for such a time as this than I originally thought that he was. And my expectations are already pretty high. Otherwise, I wouldn't have stuck my neck out. He is the only one saying no to importing more people who hate America into the country. Standing there on hostile media, refusing to take the premise of their question, rejecting it. Not only holding serve, returning it, going on offense. Remember, I told you last week, since 9-11, this country, ours, has imported 2.3 million people from countries dominated by Islam. 2.3 million. That would be the 36th largest state in the union by population. That would be more people than live in New Hampshire, the first in the nation primary state. Let's say, let's say, thorough vetting, and we have a 99% hit rate. Think we're doing thorough vetting? No. Think if we did, it'd be possible to have a 99% hit rate. No. No. But let's say we did, both. 1% of 2.3 million would mean there are still more than 23,000 would-be sleeper cells of terrorists just stationed all over the country. Let's say we have a 99.999% hit rate. That would mean 2,300 of them. How many pulled off the worst terrorist attack in American history, the deadliest day on American soil since Pearl Harbor? About 20. Yes. What could 2,300 do? So no, we're not taking them in. And one man is saying this, one. One man is. If your guy's not or your gal's not, that's not my problem. That's a them problem. Go to them and ask them why they're quiet. Silence. These Arab countries professing their love for the Palestinians, here's your chance. I don't know what the Quranic equivalent to by their fruit you will know them but i do know in your quran that alms and service to the poor and destitute among the muslim population is one of the five pillars of your faith and yet egypt closes its border why jordan closes its border why these are your people they're your responsibility own it not ours we're not taking on your responsibilities anymore and then taking on your tragedies and importing your filth. No, we're not doing that. One guy is saying this. One, Ron DeSantis. One guy is chartering planes, bringing nearly 300 people home, including almost 100 children. When you and I were kids, Todd, it took 444 days to bring 66 hostages home from Iran, from the Middle East. Yes. 444 days. People don't remember that Carter tried to launch a rescue mission of those hostages. Remember that. He's not even the president. He's a governor of a state. And he brought home five times that in a week. Less than a week. What's Trump doing? I know he can charter some planes. He owns one. Can't fly anybody home. Well, that's I don't a, look at their financial statement. I don't know that he can. That's an important point. This speaks to both the quality of Ron DeSantis and how little almost everybody else is trying at anything at all other than to just plain suck. Yes. 
He's the only one with both a pro-Israel and an America first message. The only one. The only one. This doesn't have to be true. Other people could, Trump, Haley, they, they could be messaging like he is. They could be doing what he's doing, but they're not. So no, I'm not apologetic at all for pointing this out to you. Nor does it make me any profit whatsoever. I don't care about that. What I care about is the future for our kids and grandkids. I'll talk more about that in a moment. But, but this week, I mean, dude, the way he has behaved on the world stage and the way that he can stand there, whether it's Morning Joe or that Hamas simp, simp for CBS, for those of you, did you know, Steve, that the media is controlled by seven Jews? I present that clip from our montage where the CBS Face the Nation or whatever the hell their show's called now is essentially just opening her mouth with Hamas talking points. The contrast between Trump and DeSantis right now is so stark that at this point, if he's not the guy... Now, you've been saying this for months. I have not said this. When I'm a, this is the first time I'm going to say this. Here's why when you've said this, I've not, I've not affirmed it or, 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 or said it myself. Because having worked on a campaign, I do understand that that is the primary conduit that people at first have with a candidate. And let's face it, the, uh, the initial launch of the DeSantis campaign that was given as an access point to many of our people wasn't all that inspiring. Fair? I mean, I don't think it was the unmitigated disaster, but it, it, was, it was nowhere near up to what a candidate of this magnitude should be projecting. And so I did understand hesitancy to, to get on board when your initial access point to a guy as a national campaign is his campaign. We're beyond that now. We're at the stage now where the candidate is the campaign. And, and no, they had a weak statement on something in May. Nope, nope. Total BS now. I'm calling it. Total BS now. You've never gone in and voted for a campaign. If you did, you'd have never voted for Donald Trump one damn time. Okay? You never voted for a campaign. You voted for a candidate. And so for the first time, I will now affirm what you have said for months, Todd. If this is not our guy for such a time as this, this is an indictment of us. We're just this blind and this lost as a culture. I mean, this, this is just beyond obvious at this point. This is the candidate we've always said we've wanted. This guy is the culmination of all the shows I grew up listening to, all the books I grew up reading, and now the shows that I do and the books that I write. He is. He's already governed successfully on a big stage. He managed to do something the entire U.S. federal government couldn't do, bring hundreds of Americans home in less than a week, and then not charge them for it or leave them stranded in Greece. He stands there in the gap, doesn't shriek or shirk. He neither diminishes nor lashes out. He is the alpha in the conversation. He dominates. No, I'm not taking it. That's not true. Gonna call BS. But he do it professionally. I've just never seen anything like this. Not in this century, at least. 
You know, I was a little kid, man, when Reagan was rising to prominence. But in this century, I've never seen anybody with this resume and this record who then at this kind of a moment as a candidate, he's not even the president yet, as a candidate has risen to this level of occasion. Never seen anything like it. And given the lateness of the hour for us in the West in total, this very well may be our final chance to get our collective heads out of our asses. Get our heads out of our asses. See beyond the grift. And that's why I'm now going to actually get even more aggressive. You thought I was aggressive before? I'm going to get more so. This may be our last chance to put someone in power who will then use that power to turn back the tide and has demonstrated, proven, they know how to use it. Not just speak it. Not just troll it. Meme it. Do it. We have to do it, guys. We have to do this now. Or the Boar Queen is right. Watch our futures end. We have to do this now. Now, it's going to burn some bridges, but I don't care. The future for my kids and grandkids, far more important to me than sitting at the cool kids' table. I live in Iowa anyway. Who gives a rip? I already wasn't, I already wasn't invited to the big mega events on the right anyway, so nothing will change. Has there ever been a presidential candidate? Ever. Who was not an incumbent in the history of this country? who at a moment of crisis exhibited this level of leadership. Not just in terms of the messaging, but doing stuff. Never seen anything like it. So before I thought, Todd, maybe you were a little premature, but now here on October 16th, I'm with you. If this isn't the guy, then this is really an indictment of us. We're just that lost. You know, it's my prayer that uh, there will come a day that we won't have to talk about our friends over at Preborn anymore. And we're getting closer. We have, we have made progress, like the smashing of the shibboleth of the dam known as Roe v. Wade. But we're not yet to that day. So thankfully, our friends at Preborn, though, unlike a lot of the national pro-life leadership, they were actually ready for a post-Roe world because they were already engaged in that kind of person-to-person, hand-to-hand spiritual combat. Uh, when it comes to saving uh, babies and their mommies. Just $28 is all it costs for an ultrasound. And over the years, 80% of the women who hear that ultrasound do not go through with killing their kid. Would you spend 28 bucks on 80% odds to save a life? I know there's a lot of people in this audience that would do that. And so they confront these moms in crisis with the knowledge and the confirmation that you are carrying another human being. But... They know that that's not where the battle ends. That's still a mom in crisis. Let's face it. If you're a woman in a secure and healthy relationship, you're probably not thinking of getting an abortion. It's women who aren't that are. And so they are there for those women. They're there for the mom too, pre postnatal care, counseling, even all of that is also for free with tax deductible donations from people like us. It's a worthy cause. The cause of life. Go to preborn.com slash Steve. Make your donation today at preborn.com slash Steve. Again, that's preborn.com slash Steve. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby on your mobile phone. 
pound 250 keyword baby on your mobile phone. All right, let's bring in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz from the Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing really well. Good to see you. So you have a, allegedly have a trip to Israel here coming up, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, <laughs> Friday, we're supposed to leave. And where's that at right now? Yeah, we have postponed it. So our trip, Steve, we're going to go into Jordan first and spend a few days uh, touring Jordan and then crossing the Jordan River into the Holy Land. Uh, but we have postponed it just like a lot of other delegations have postponed their trips as well. We're hoping maybe May that this uh, conflict will be over and that we can take our delegation to the Holy Land. It's always quite a trip. So help people understand, because I think people would, it's, well, it's obvious there's a war going on there. But if, if there was a localized conflict here in the U.S., given the size of our landmass, that would not necessarily mean it's not safe to travel to other places in the sure. country, right? But for now, I'm, I've never been there before. I'm going to go next year or in 2025. Uh, Lord permitting, I'm going to go in 2025 uh, with uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs oh, and his great. church out there at Chino Hills Calvary yeah. Chapel. Amy and I are going to go. First time we've been. Yeah. And by the way, I listened to uh, uh, Pastor Jack's message yesterday on what's happening in Israel right now. Absolutely incredible stuff. Okay. Um, but um, so I've never been. You've been several times. So whether you've been there or in my case, you've studied a lot of, of the history and, and the theology and everything involved, uh, you know, with the, the current events that we're seeing unfold. I think unless you're in those two camps, a lot of Americans maybe don't really understand how truncated hmm. everything in that country is. You're, you're really talking about a nation state about the size of, uh, I think in square miles, it's about the size of New Hampshire, I think. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right. Matter of fact, uh, I was talking to a, a guy the other day that actually is in Jerusalem, and he, he likened it to, say, 9-11. He said when 9-11 happened to the United States, it happened in New York City. He goes, now it shook the whole country. I mean, everybody paid attention, the TV's wrong, gas prices went up. It shook the whole country, but in Sioux City, Iowa, where Darla and I were living at the time, we could still go out to, say, Applebee's, Burger King, whatever. I mean, whatever we wanted to do, we still could do was not going to interrupt our daily activity, other than we're going to pay more attention to what's happening, you know, with this 9-11 thing. He said, when this happens in Israel, uh, because of the landmass that Steve just talked about, he said, everybody hunkers down. Everybody's at war right now. Everybody's on high alert. And really the last thing they wanted to do, matter of fact, I counseled with him because Darla and I really still wanted to keep our tour dates. And the reason is it's one thing to stand with Israel during this time. It's another thing to stand in Israel at this time. But he was saying, he goes, the last thing people really want though too is say, now we got these American tourists and, and they're closing off all kinds of borders. So you hear about the Gaza border to Egypt, uh, the, the border from Gaza and Israel. But the other borders of the Palestinian borders, say, into Bethlehem, into Judea, Samaria. Well, you got to be very, very careful right now about who is coming in and out. And so it would have just messed up the whole tour. So therefore, uh, we did not go. That said, Steve, I don't know if you remember, the first time I went to Israel was back in 2014. This is when Hamas was firing rockets into Israel. Mm -hmm. And Obama came out and said, uh, we, sh we should suspend all flights to Tel Aviv. We recommend that people don't fly to Tel Aviv. And Rick Santorum at that time said to me, he said, how would you like to go to Israel? And I was like, I always wanted, wanted to go to Israel, but now? 
And then he said to me, he goes, it's one thing to stand with Israel. It's another thing to stand in Israel and be with Israel. And it was only about a three-day journey, but we got uh, put on high alert. Uh, Rick and I took shelter in a stairwell one time as the sirens went off. It's interesting, people in Jerusalem be going out for dinner, and they'd be driving around. All of a sudden, the sirens go off. They all take cover. Ten minutes later, the all clear would come up, like, you know, we're clear. The Iron Dome did its job, whatever it was. People went back to eat. They went back in their car, and they, they were kept living their life. Because that's the big message they want to send is we're going to continue to live our life. But even back then in 2014, well, I think people need to understand about 2023. Because we got briefed by the highest levels of government at that time. They said, remember, Hamas, Hezbollah, they're all backed by Iran. So right now, everybody's language is Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. But don't forget about who's funding them. Who's the mastermind behind it? It's Iran. And they said, when your mission statement begins and ends with Israel being removed from the face of the earth, being off of the map, and that Israel's the little Satan and the United States is the big Satan, said it just removes all your negotiation power right there. And they're there, and they're raising their kids on the breast milk of hatred. And this one guy said to me, he said, you know, to give an example, said it would not be unlikely or unlike for a Hamas school to say, uh, there's 12 Jews, we kill nine of them, how many of them remain? As a math question. Well, you think, well, how ridiculous is that? But that's the ideology that they're fighting right now. I, I heard Pastor Jack Hibbs say in his message yesterday, um, he's actually been watching foreign media, mm. not our own media, see what they're saying over there. So he specifically mentioned Al Jazeera, uh, Yemen media throughout the Middle East. And I mean, they're, they're showing their people Jewish babies' heads on bayonets as trophies and everything else. Sure, you know. They, so it, it's a completely. What's What's funny is, essentially, what Jack said was our media, to some degree, Fox included, uh, all of our major media is 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 trying to strain themselves to come up to some form of moral equivalency at some at some point, right? So even Fox, which will give a very uh, pro-Israeli slant until it comes time for the Israelis to actually act. And then, well, you know, we must have a we must have a, 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 an equivocable response. So what? I mean, the, the, the Israelis should go out there and rape just as many the exact amount of people as the as Hamas yeah. raped. OK, but but what he is saying, what's funny is when you watch their what Pastor Jack says, when you watch their media. They're bragging about the atrocities that you can go on even a lot of conservative Twitter right now. Hmm. Let alone the other, let, let alone, you know, full, full on uh, victimization, every, you know, anti-colonial, anti-West left wing Twitter hmm. and claim that these things aren't really true. They're really uh, Jewish plots of Zionist media. And Jack's like, what's funny is when you watch the other side, the media in the Muslim world, they're parading around these acts as as trophies, as victories that we are claiming aren't really taking place. You know, what's taking place? I mean, my dad, who fought in World War Two. He would just say, you know, you know, war is the worst. But when I took a look on the Jerusalem Post website and they were showing some of the video, what's taking place uh, with Hamas, with these kids, with others. I, mean, I had to stop watching. I, had, I couldn't do it anymore. But I didn't do what Jack Hibbs did, and that is to watch foreign media. But I did watch CNN. And I saw an IDF military official on CNN say, now, remember, uh, whether it's next week or next month or the next six months, remember what Hamas did. Because they know that, okay, you might stand with us now, 
right away because of what Hamas did. But three weeks from now, you're still going to stand with us. Six weeks from now, you're still going to stand with us. Six months from now, you're still going to stand with us. Or are you going to forget about what they did and what their purpose and their mission statement is to wipe you off the map? Are you still going to stand with us? Because basically they're calling their bluff going, we're sure that Main Street media is going to turn against Israel here pretty quick because of the devastation that's taking place in Gaza right now. But they're saying they want to uproot tear at all costs right now. I think I could sum it all up with this statement. And when I say sum it all up, I'm not talking about the history, the theology, the prophecy, the geopolitical backdrop of all of this. I, I mean the the media narratives that about what the the truth of each side's standing really is. I, I think I could sum it up with this statement. If if Hamas and Hezbollah, if they laid down their arms right now, more people, Muslim, Jew, Christian alike in the region, would live. If the Israelis li- laid down their arms right now, far fewer people, Muslim, Jew, Christian alike, would live. Without I think question. that pretty much just sums up everything. And I don't. And, and I mean, I, I see people, some of my own colleagues in this industry, making some of these arguments, and and I'm, I I hate to go to an immediate. Because we've been victimized by that on the, on, you know, well, you just automatically must be a racist, right? I mean, I, I've been called an anti-Semite th- mm. in, at times in my career for saying Jesus is Lord. I'm like, I go to church on Sunday and literally worship a God who became a Jew. I think a, mm-hmm. I think a Jew was God. Okay. I mean, how am I an anti-Semite? So I hate just throwing around these terms, but I'm trying to come up with how someone cannot possibly see that. And, and that's, that is just patently obvious. Whether you think this is a prophetic Israel or not, and I, I understand Christians who look, and you know this better being there more than, you know, you've been there numerous times, I never mm-hmm. have. But I know the demographics there. It's a very secular country. It's a very culturally liberal country. It's a very, very high abortion rates, very open parading of the rainbow jihad all throughout. One of the reasons why, it's kind of ironic, that if they were actually more true to their religion, they might not be as friendly to people like us going over there all the time. <laughs> but since they've largely as a people abandoned much of it, they don't really see the distinctions and divisions that have kind of haunted us for centuries anymore, but just welcome all these people now. So I understand if you think there's no prophetic worth to this particular Israel or what have you, okay, I understand that position. I don't understand how then you go from there to, so it's totally okay to just that, that what Hamas has done here, it's totally okay to make women and children human shields for war and then openly brag about it and mm. like they're like their commanders do in their own media that's and i'm trying I'm, what what would possess you to think that that is okay regardless of any theological differences or distinctions at all isn't that just simple humanity it, it is and matter of fact when they take a look at it, they're looking for the word proportional response we we think it should be a proportional response and i'm like well, what the heck is a proportional response you want Apparently to win, you rape as many Muslims as they raped Israelis, I guess. You, you I want know. to win this war. And even though you have advantages, you want to send them a message. Yes, we do have advantages. You're not going to do this again. And and so what it is, Israel, their, their IDF, they'll go in and they'll, they'll put leaflet drops down saying, we're going to bomb this facility. We're going to do this, vacate it, get out of it. But we know it's a, a Hamas breeding ground. What they'll do is they'll bring in the kids, the disabled, the elderly into that spot 
And then what they'll do is they'll point the finger back to Israel and say, look what Israel's doing. And then our side, uh, the media that you're just talking about, Steve, they buy into that. And they say, how in the world can Israel be right here? And my thinking is, take a look at what happened back to the Jews in World War II. What, what's a proportional response to that? I mean, I've also toured Auschwitz. I've toured Birkenau. What is a proportional response to that? And what they're trying to do is uproot, uproot evil. Because there's, you bet, there's a lot of people in the Gaza Strip that wish this was not happening. They just want to do their daily life. They just want to go about their business. They just want to go about raising their family, whatever. They, I get that. The fact is, they need to uproot this terrorist organization called Hamas and hiding behind Hamas and using human shields to do it. I think Israel right has every right to defend itself. They should defend itself, and they should do at all costs get rid of this once and for all. Final thing. <clears throat> have you ever seen someone running for president who didn't currently hold the office, like ever, more effectively inject themselves into a crisis and completely reshape the messaging around that crisis the way a president would, advocate for policies the way a president would, and actually get results, like actively like govern and manage the crisis that they're not even elected president to govern or manage. I've never seen anything like what Ron DeSantis has done in the last week. Like ever. Like never seen it. Not this century anyway. Well, well Governor DeSantis, to his credit, he, he's very clear. I mean, on all the issues, but even on this issue, I mean, he gives great clarity in all of his interviews in regards to Israel's sovereignty, what their response should be, what the United States' role is. You see him when he's in a role like this. Like, this is his natural habitat. This is his ability to lead at this point. But, Steve, just as Governor DeSantis has been very effective at doing that, I thought President Trump unforced air at his own rally. I have no idea why he wanted to go there, especially now, the timing. If you want to air your differences with Netanyahu and, and what happened uh, in taking out the, the Iranian general, uh, maybe you want to do that at some point, but not then. And the last thing you want to do at that point is call a terrorist organization like Hezbollah or Hamas as being smart. So I saw basically a tale of two cities, one from the former president and the other one from Governor DeSantis. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point that the difference between the two guys is so stark that at this point, I just think if he's not the guy, then I think that's just on us. I, I just think we're just a lost culture at this point. Well, you're all in for Governor DeSantis. We're all in. This make, is why. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, I didn't, I didn't no. just like, you know, randomly draw. These are, I'm not, I, yeah. I, I had reasons and he's fulfilling them. There, there's no doubt. I get that. What I want to be clear to your audience, you know, we haven't endorsed yet. However, when you take a look at what, what has happened in Israel and other things, these have a way of injecting themselves into a presidential race, which brings everybody to a decision point sooner or later. And that's why these candidates now, Israel's going to be a big topic, especially at our Thanksgiving Family Forum. We're going to talk about the nation really, of Israel. Really quick, breaking news. A gag order has been put on Donald Trump while you guys were talking. You mean in the, in the case in uh, yeah. D.C., the yeah, election official. case? That honestly would be to his benefit. Right. I mean, it would be to his benefit to, to actually talk about issues people are concerned about rather than his own legal travails. I think that would actually be to his benefit. Just like I'm not shocked that his negatives went down 
after he got off Twitter, after he got banned off Twitter and people were exposed to it all the time. But I think, Steve, I find have another word here. That's why I truly believe Iowa's wide open, and I believe this nomination process is wide open yet because of major issues that are injecting themselves into this race. People have a real decision to make coming up. All right, we'll come back. Jordan Schachtel's going to join us. The latest on what's going on in Israel next. Back here with Hour 2 here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Bass here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think. Just email the show to do that, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. And you also, if you love the podcast, we would love you to then leave us a five-star review. And thank you to the thousands of you we're approaching 10,000 of those so keep them coming please uh thank you to each and every one of you that have done that for us and uh, we would appreciate many more and uh, hit subscribe or in the case of itunes follow so that you can make sure that every time we do a new episode it shows up in your feed every single time and thanks to all of you that have done that too don't forget we made a big announcement at the start of the program today. Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study launching today. Several of you requested this, and we have put it together uh, along with uh, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston from Prestonwood Baptist in Dallas, Texas, Oxford, educated uh, theologian from the C.S. Lewis and Christian Thinker Society. Uh, he is phenomenal in this study. And uh, I'm along for the ride. And I think you'll be very impressed with the quality of the teaching and the production value uh, for Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. It's available now. You can buy the book, for example, at Amazon. And inside each book is a code that allows you to go online and either download or stream the videos that go along with each study for your either individual Bible study or your small group Bible study. Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study launching today. Dr. Johnston will join us at the bottom of this hour to give us a more in-depth preview. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you don't want to miss who we're going to talk to and who we're going to talk to and what we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But first, a word about Patriot Mobile. They have been on the vanguard of the rise of the parallel economy, and it's not there yet. But thankfully, one place where it is fully realized is with a product that basically it's impossible to live without these days, uh, and that's a mobile phone. Make the switch to America's only American mobile phone provider left. Once you do, you get an outstanding U.S.-based customer service team. That means you can understand them. And they make everything for you as seamless as possible. If you need to switch networks at any point in time, you need to switch carriers within their network, they can make that happen for you free of charge. When you go to make the switch, if you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. And they've got extra ways of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call 972-PATRIOT and that's 972-PATRIOT. Well, Jordan Schachtel has been a fixture on this show for several years, uh, most of the time speaking about issues dealing with national security and foreign policy. And of course, those issues are at the forefront at the moment with events unfolding in Israel as we speak. Jordan, it is good to have you back here on the show with us, brother. How are you? 
Hey, Steve, doing well. Thanks for having me on. So, Jordan, I kind of before I get into questions, I want to give you just a few minutes here to go ahead and kind of if you want to just give us an opening statement or an elevator assessment of, of what's transpiring here and why and where you think it goes from here. Yeah, so so um, nine days ago, um, the country of Israel was attacked by um, a group of savages uh, affiliated with Hamas, which is a Palestinian terrorist group that is contrary to popular belief, unfortunately widely popular um, amongst the Palestinians who live in uh, areas of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Um, they slaughtered upwards of 1,400 people. The death toll continues to get higher. Um, and it was a very sophisticated, coordinated military operation that was most likely um, backed by several um, state sponsors. Uh, a lot of people are pointing to Iran, uh, Turkey, and the nation of Qatar as you know the longtime supporters, funders, armors of Hamas. Um, and they slaughtered these people not because of you know, some geopolitical situation, but because you know from the very foundations of Hamas, you know their mission was to you know annihilate uh, not just Jews, but anyone associated with the nation of Israel, which you know they associate with being a Jewish state. Um, so they killed um, Jews, they killed Christians, they killed Muslims, um, just slaughtered people. And um, Israel has since been launching um, a series of um, pretty serious airstrikes in Gaza. And, um, you know, they have this massive troop buildup now on the Gaza border, which is reported to be over 100,000 soldiers. Um, the Israeli army is now um, well over 500,000 because so many Israelis have come home to um, serve their country, which is so commendable. Um, I, I think it's amazing what is what is happening in Israel right now. They feel that call to duty. And, you know, I've always said that um, a nation that doesn't have enough people willing to defend their country is really a nation that doesn't deserve um, to, you know, have its own sovereign borders. And I think what Israelis are doing are really showing that, you know, we prefer to keep our state, and, and it's so honorable. But right now, you know, there's there's a buildup on on the Gaza border. Um, a ground invasion has appeared to be imminent, um, but only really the you know top security officials um, in Israel and in the parliament really know exactly when or if they will invade. And right now, um, you know, the Biden administration has said that it stood with Israel uh, basically unapologetically. But the rhetoric is beginning to change thanks to lots of international pressure um, from not only Islamic states, but European states, from, you know, the, the, the broader uh, left, um, from, you know, the anti-Israel activists um, on, in the Democratic Party. And they're now trying to stop Israel, in my view, from commencing a, a ground invasion into Gaza. Um, there's rumors and reports coming out that President Biden is being, you know, they're trying to send him to Israel because Israel would not be able to invade in the event of Biden, you know, being physically present in the country. Um, and so there, and there's also a lot of U.S. delegations with, you know, high-ranking senators who, who appear to have the same motives. 
um, to try to stop Israel from fully defending itself. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, I, I, I do hope that um, they stay true to the comments that Netanyahu said in the aftermath of you know the worst. Uh, terrorist attack against Jews since uh, the events of the Holocaust, mm -hmm. that they will eliminate Hamas. And eliminating Hamas means completely um, decimating their operational capability. And they have not yet done so. Um, and I don't, uh, you know, want to trade positions of these Israeli commanders anytime soon because they have a very difficult task ahead. But I hope that they follow through with the mission statement. I've walked my audience through the theological history here before, so they're pretty well versed in it and uh, applied it to modern circumstances. Um, the, the, the people identifying as Palestinians and they're not all Muslims. They're not all, you know, uh, Hamas crazies. And every one of them is made in the image of God. Nevertheless, there is no such thing as a Palestinian people as a people group. These are folks from other Arab countries. A lot of them, uh, a legacy like in Jordan that were kicked out of those countries. And there's a reason why these Arab countries like Jordan and Egypt are closing their borders to them now. They don't want them back. Okay. And so I think a lot of people who have some rudimentary knowledge of the, the theological history behind all of this and the name of Israel and this particular land and its theological significance. I think a lot of them think that these are like the carryovers of the people uh, that uh, Moses and Joshua and the Israelites fought 4,000 you know, you know, 4, years ago and they're not. Uh, th those people, those those people groups from Canaanite, from the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, they're gone. They're lost to history. They got wiped out. That, that was what God told the Israelites to do, was to remove them from history. This is a completely different people group. They have no long-standing claim to the land. Muhammad's never, never visited Israel. Allah took him there in a dream. All right. And so they're well-versed in this. But I, I, I want to give them some backdrop in a more contemporary exposition, Jordan. I think you can help with that. So let's start with this. Take us to 2005. All right. Why is that year significant when it comes to Hamas and the Gaza Strip? Yeah, so, so Israel, Israelis had been living in, in the Gaza Strip, and um, they basically decided um, through poorly thought out left-wing governmental policies that in disengagement from Gaza, so having the Israeli army basically go to the Jewish families that lived in Gaza and said, you know, we need to get out because, uh, you know, hopefully the uh, the Muslims and, uh, you know, the, the people identifying as Palestinians will accept us and make peace with us. And there was a huge disengagement from Gaza. And right after that, Hamas is elected um, and, you know, with a publicly displayed charger, uh, charter that says that their mission is to annihilate the Jews of Israel and take the entire country of Israel and basically exterminate its Jewish population. Um, and ever since then, Hamas has been trying to achieve that mission. Um, and what's interesting, you know, you have all these international pundits speaking, but, you know, they never really, a lot of people are talking about so-called open-air prison um, and the idea that, you know, there's an occupation in Gaza. You know, there hasn't been an Israeli presence in Gaza, you're right, since 2005. So we're talking 18 years already. So this is, very, this is very important. I want to make sure our audience understands what you're laying out. Okay. 
In no way, shape, or form is this some, any form of occupied land. First of all, historically, these people have no claim to this land, number one. But number two, in this particular contemporary context, if we remove all of that theological, biblical narrative in history and just look at the contemporary you know, physical world in which we live, they have been permitted to operate as an autonomous state right there in is on Israel's doorstep, hold their own elections and elect their own local authorities and everything else since 2005, nearly 20 years. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of people seem to forget or are ignorant of the fact that uh, Gaza shares a border with Egypt and Egypt reinforced that border to such a level that it's, you know, it, it's it, it's like a supermax security area on steroids. Um, when Egypt got a little lax, uh, one of the reasons why you know Egypt specifically doesn't want to bring people in Gaza into their country is that the one time they tried doing that um, a few not so long ago, the Sinai Peninsula quickly turned into a welcome destination for the Islamic State, mm-hmm. and they started slaughtering the Bedouin Muslims of the Sinai Peninsula, and it freaked the Egyptians out. So they reinforce the border, and, and you know, we speak about like why the Muslim world won't take in the Palestinians, but specifically Egypt, who shares a border with them. You know, they're really much terrified of the prospect of a letting letting two million people into their country. Um, so it's not just you know the state of Israel that is concerned with the situation in Gaza and the West Bank, and has made so many attempts to make peace with their neighbors. You know. It, it's so many uh, instances of Arab countries who, you know, they will never publicly admit it, but they're just scapegoating Israel for the situation because they don't want to take these people in. I mean, you talk about, you know, revolutionary movements in, in Lebanon, in, in Jordan, in Kuwait. Um, it, they tried to overthrow the Saudi mm-hmm. monarchy. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. much. Um, that people that identify with this Palestinian movement, and that's why you know I appreciate you educating your audience on on the roots of the Palestinian movement because it's not based on any type of you know eth- ethnic or cultural identity. It was essentially created as a movement to oppose uh, the Zionist movement and the you know the modern state of Israel. And it was, you know, created basically by uh, broader uh, movements abroad, and, and you know, helped by the Soviet Union as kind of a, a buffer against the U.S. during the Cold War. So, you know, this whole concept of what it means to be a Palestinian, um, when you finally, you know, dig all the way through that rabbit hole, you come out thinking like, wow, okay, so I can understand why these people are so hell bent on the destruction of Israel because it's their very purpose from day one of their lives. And unfortunately, you know, much of the Arab and Muslim world has either been indoctrinated into believing that, you know, they're fighting some righteous cause or will kind of look the other way because they don't want a Jewish state existing um, in in the Holy Land and in the in the, you know, the confines of the ancient land of Israel as well. Why was this particular weekend chosen? So they're according by Jewish tradition, holiday weekend. People are right. well, people are sabbathing over a holiday. 
So you're away from maybe a lot of your technology. You're disconnected from people. You're winding down. You're relaxing. You're seeing family. Uh, think of how we do it here in the States with a Thanksgiving or any, th- any kind of a holiday like that. And, and, and so these, th- th- this time period was specifically chosen by these folks with that in mind to, to create terror uh, and, and, and it, uh, uh, so that this event moving forward for this generation of Israelis would no longer be looked at fondly or something to look forward to, but would come with, you know, hell, PTSD, tragedy. All right. That was done. This, this particular weekend was targeted very specifically, not randomly. Correct. Yeah, so it was the anniversary of, you know, the surprise attack in the Yom Kippur War right. in 1973. Yeah. And it was also, you know, it also happened, they, they strategically um, were well-versed in the reality that, you know, Jews were celebrating the holiday of Sukkot, you know, in addition to it being, um, I think it was at the end of Shabbat, which is, you know, kind of when, when Jews are, when observant Jews are offline. And... There's also a political situation that was going on in Israel in which the country is deeply divided over the judiciary. And it seemed that the military had taken a pretty lax posture and, you know, had awarded a lot of its best soldiers who were, um, you know, who happened to be uh, observant Jews the, the day off all at the same time. So it was just, you know, a, a catastrophic failure of, of preparation as well you know it never should have happened um and i'm sure that they will get to the bottom of that once this operation is over but yeah it 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 goes to show that you know this is what these are the kind of things that you know are also threatened by countries that are so divided um over stuff that you know and you know there's there's internal threats as well as external threats and while you know the u.s can't uh, probably can't be um, toppled by a foreign force, I think, ever, you know, similar to Israel, like when the internal dynamics get so messy, mm-hmm. um, you know, your, your sovereignty is put at risk, too. No, that's what happened with Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it went from a citizenship test to become an officer or even a member of the Roman legion to the empire is so vast, the bureaucracy is so complicated that just about it, we just need anybody to put on a uniform. And one day the Visigoths come over the wall and it's a family reunion. A lot of people switch mm-hmm. uniforms and help the barbarians sack the city because they're, they have more in common with the culture that's invading than the culture whose uniform they're wearing. So, you know, there's, there's nothing new under the sun where, where that stuff is concerned. Can you explain to our audience, we're hearing of this proportional response. I don't know what that means. Does that mean that Israelis should go out and rape the exact same amount of Muslim women that uh, Hamas did? I I have no idea what that even means. But can you discuss how that is, in this sort of conflict, virtually impossible? You kind of alluded to the the difficult, the needle that must be thread by the Israeli high command here. I mean, much of my understanding is much of Hamas is stationed in bunkers underneath schools, mosques, um, you know, uh, buildings that look like they're a part of civil society. And that is on purpose. This religion has no compunction or reservation at all about using women and children as human shields. Hey, I lose a wife. I've got seven more. I lose a kid. I'll make another kid with the other seven wives. And and that kid, you know, was just welcomed by Allah into heaven as a hero anyway. So it's all good and they literally pay out money to to martyrs right these are things i think people don't understand here in this part of the world that there's not like some battlefield you're going to go meet them on that this is really ingrained into the uh, the culture at the most micro levels in gaza 
Yeah, yeah. It's one thing when you look at the history of warfare and successful guerrilla tactics. It's one thing to use guerrilla tactics to overcome a, a, a qualitatively superior adversary. But what Hamas is doing is they're basically averaging, uh, you know, acting like uh, subhuman barbarians and savages and using their own people as human shields in order to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, from harm. And they openly say this. If you watch their interviews yeah. on Qatari television, by the way, much of the Hamas leadership has been on Qatari TV doing like it's bizarre. You know, I mean, they're mm -hmm. they're doing like, you know, like um, Brian Kilmeade, Fox and Friends kind of interviews. But it's just all about mm -hmm. how they're like killing Jews and raping women. But it's it's the exact same kind of setting. They openly say this on Qatar. What we're saying here is not some hidden knowledge. They openly will say we do use women and children this way and they're happy to oblige. Yeah, they're, they're, they consider them martyrs for, mm -hmm. for their cause. And that, you know, it's amazing to see that, you know, there's been so many instances um, for people who have, such as yourself and, and Aaron and Todd, who are so familiar with the dynamics of you know, the, the Arab-Israeli situation specifically when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians, I mean, Hamas has been doing this for so long. They've been using UN buildings, schools, hospitals, and there's like, it's not just that you know, these are one-off incidents. These happen every single time. And the Israelis have to go above and beyond uh, to try to uh, mitigate the civilian casualties. But the reality that we're facing is that you know it's either you know you have to defend your sovereignty and your people, and your people need to take priority over what Hamas is doing. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, Hamas, because of their tactics, they are responsible for the deaths of you know civilians on in, on in in Gaza. And, and if if Hamas Wanted, wants to avoid further casualties of war, they should unconditionally surrender to Israel and then we can have peace. But you know, this idea that I'm seeing on social media where it's just like, oh, you know, both sides have to compromise. By the way, and they're saying this, you know, one week after right. a ruthless slaughter that was filmed on GoPros. And you know, th this- And of course Hamas is not calling I'm for seeing. any compromise. <laughs> That's what's yeah, ironic, yes. The, the, the incredible, uh, it, it's like depressing to see the indifference that the, you know, people are just like, oh, you know, it's, it's the Muslims and Jews fighting each other again. Like the naivete, especially among our libertarian friends who are just com become completely batshit, you know, like crazy. Um, it, it's just, it, it's so shocking to me and so ignorant. But, you know, there is so much history, pick any day in any conflict between Israel and Hamas, and I'm sure you can find, uh, you know, something, you know, Hamas weaponry found in a kindergarten or mm -hmm. in a UN school, you know, it's just, it goes on and on. And Israel is, is they, you know, every military, their mission is to break stuff and kill the bad guy. And yet, you know, they're taking so many, I think, sacrificial precautions to a fault and yet still of course the civilian casualty count is going to be high because of Hamas's tactics but again you know Hamas is totally responsible for this and I think it, it, it's ironic when you see people coming from these countries where you know like I, I have all these like Russian people um, you know <laughs> telling me that uh, you know they can mediate or whatnot and you know even the Biden administration I mean the reality of war is that it's going to get really ugly 
Um, but you know, the just side needs to defend its own people, and that, that's the bottom line. And I think, you know, as you said earlier, we, we value the life of all human beings, and that's super important to always remember that you know, every human life is meaningful. And it's really up to the Israeli leadership to destroy Hamas so that a, hopefully uh, a new regime in Gaza can value human life more and protect that life and you know, be actual partners for a lasting peace. I mean, we've seen it happen in, in the Arab world with the Abraham Accords. It's not impossible for the Arabs and Israelis to make peace. But it's very difficult to make peace with an enemy who wants to genocide you. And we saw, like, there, there's no longer a, a debate over Hamas's intentions. That's the thing, like, we have saw it. You know, their fighters strapped GoPros to their heads while they were slaughtering people. And yet you still have these, like, people uh, affiliated with these major uh, YouTube shows, like, Tim Pool's people who are all saying like, oh, let's let's analyze the blood splatter. Like it's it just it, it's insane what I'm seeing, and you know it, it's hard for me to categorize this as anything other than just like nasty Jew hatred. And like I just don't you, when the te when the jihadis are putting again putting the cameras on their heads. Like I I don't know what else to tell these people. Like I I can't say that any of their uh, you know arguments are in good faith anymore like israel just needs to do what it needs to do to defend itself and like these people can just continue to cry about it and continue to um you know do whatever they're doing uh, and you know act in this ridiculous anti-human fashion but you know I, at least you know what i'm grateful for today you know as as a jew in america who is publicly so supportive of the state of Israel, which I think is a moral, humane country, is that they have an, an amazing army um, that is just going to, in my view, mop the floor with Hamas. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see all these people who are, you know, you know, on their high horse now, what they're going to be saying in a couple months when you know, they had all these um, ambitions about, you know, the the, uh, the uh, Palestinian movement taking back Israel. I, I'd like to see what they're going to say, you know, how that how that energy has changed in a couple months. Jordan, thank you very much, brother, for being with us. Appreciate you as always. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Take care. Brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you struggle with chronic pain from time to time, that's pain from too much inflammation in the body. That's why if there's a possibility that you can find a drug-free anti-inflammatory, take advantage of it because that doesn't mean that means it doesn't tax other organs and systems in the body to use. Now it may not be possible for you, but we're 70% confident that relief factor is the answer. Why, why that number? Because over the years, 70% of the people who try relief factor end up sticking around because of the results they see in as soon as three weeks or less with the three week quick start. You can try it now for just 20 bucks for three weeks and see if you don't see a major difference in your pain tolerance and pain level in just three weeks or less when you go to relieffactor.com. What do you got to lose for 20 bucks? Relieffactor.com is where you want to go, or you can call them at 800, the number four relief, 800 for relief or relieffactor.com. Reaction to the conversation we just had with Jordan. No, we've heard a lot about uh, for years now, things like, hate speech, microaggressions, disinformation, 
And we've talked on the show that the point ultimately is God killer stuff. It's it, it, they hate they don't just hate our ideas; they hate us fundamentally. The same is true over there. That's why it's so you have universities full of gay leftists ultimately supporting somebody like Hamas. Well, it seems crazy, but they are the same people ultimately. The mere existence of a Jew is a microaggression. They put this in writing all the yes. time and have for uh, 1,500 years. Th- that's that. That's why it's, it, in no way should it be a laugh track when you say, you know, uh, the Babylon Bee does a great job at satire, but it's no laughing matter. The leftists on universities and Hamas have the exact same people. There's no diversity that they believe in. None. They want to exterminate the other. Period. Aaron? Yeah, I don't know if you saw that video circulating from the University of Washington on Friday at this pro-terrorist rally that broke out. The woman on the bull on the bullhorn just flat out said the only solution intifada revolution. It's basically calling for genocide. That mm-hmm. that's what that is. That's happening all around the fruited plain. Fundamentally, we are up against if if you are in, in the camp that that finds itself just outraged and horrified rightly by what you saw and you don't believe it's some sort of massive propaganda campaign like so many on the right are are eager to point out you're up against on one side intifada only solution intifada revolution and on the other side well we need to start bombing iran like yesterday and in between somewhere, you've got, as Jordan was talking about, let's analyze the charred remains of a baby and analyze the blood splatter to try to prove that this is all just Photoshop AI propaganda. We talked a lot about this last week. This is an environment where truth is just snuffed out, where it's not desired seemingly in very many places. We have to resist that. And it's becoming increasingly hard to do so. It's impossible to do so ultimately without a biblical world. Yeah. Ultimately. People are still taking a risk, even in Let's Go Brandon economy, with starting their own business. And if that's you, You want to talk to our friends over at collective.com. It was built specifically for businesses of one that are making over 60,000 a year in profit. Collective handles, if that's you, can handle all of your back office work so you can focus on your passion, not all the paperwork. And uh, Collective is kind of a one one size fits all or eight all in one, I should say, financial solution for businesses of one, whether that's uh, business formation and compliance, paperwork, taxes, bookkeeping, accounting, even payroll. Plus, if you're an LLC, Collective can retroactively elect your S-Corp tax status back to July 1, which could save you thousands of dollars on your 2023 taxes. In fact, Collective members save an average of about 10 grand per year on taxes within this structure, which means the Collective membership pays for itself within just a few months and it's also 100% tax deductible. So check out Collective today, collective.com slash Steve. Do so before October 31st. 
to potentially save thousands of dollars on your 23 taxes. And to sweeten the deal, we're going to throw in an extra $100 off when you use my link. That's collective.com slash Steve. That's my link. Collective.com slash Steve. Get $100 off there. But make sure you take advantage of this before October 31 to save maybe thousands of dollars on your 23 taxes at collective.com slash Steve. Well, in case you missed it at the top of today's show, we made a big announcement, and it is this. Years without measure, that's all there ever was. Heaven and hell. Armed enemy camps in complete opposition. That is until you were created. He's called the great red dragon. He's called the devil, which simply means adversary. He's called Satan. He's called also the one who deceives the whole world, the ancient serpent. And we began our forever mission to destroy you. When I think that my kids will touch their phone 2,000 times today, they'll see 10,000 media messages in one day. So many of them so draped with lies. Behind all those lies, we see that Satan is the one who deceives the whole world. Our plan is to hurt him, to punish him. And we do that by destroying what he loves, which is you. We want to bring him out of the shadows. We want him to be known and to be seen so people see him for who he really is. And then we're going to wreck your worldview a little bit as well, but in order to feel more like a victor instead of a victim. And so we're going to equip you to do that. Everything you've ever wanted to know about the enemy and more importantly, how weak of an opponent he actually is. Know thy enemy, a nefarious Bible study. Available now, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study, a six-week Bible study. You can order it right now at Amazon.com. Order it at Amazon.com. Included in each book is a code that allows you to go to the nefariousbiblestudy.com website, and you can either download or stream the video for every chapter for either your own Bible study or your small group Bible study there. And there's uh, places for individual notes and individual questions. So if you're doing this in a small group setting, you're going to want to have everybody have their own copy or couples sharing a copy. You can order it right now at amazon.com, a nefarious Bible study, Know Thy Enemy is the title, A Nefarious Bible Study, the subtitle. Order it at Amazon.com right now. And the guy who does the heavy lifting in this study joins us now. Uh, Theologian and uh, okay dude overall, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Steve, it's great to be back on your show. And, you know, you and I have been working together since, I don't know, my triplets were born seven years ago. And we've done all kinds of unique projects together, War of Worldviews. We've talked about a lot of issues. But let me tell you, I want everyone who's watching and listening to the program, there is not a more important work that you and I have done together, in my opinion, than this Bible study, Know Thy Enemy. And I do believe God is providential. I believe he's in total control. Steve, you know that we've always pegged today as the release date for our new six-week Bible study, Know Thy Enemy, where we can equip Christians not to live in fear of evil. But little did we know that evil would rear its ugly head with demonized Hamas. Mm -hmm. And Steve, I don't know about you, but um, I've had a lot of good friends. And I mean, these are smart people. These are good people, but they're just living. They're restless right now. They're they're afraid. I mean, I'm getting texts like I'm just afraid with what's going on in the world. Friends, we need to be reminded that 
unbelief fears Satan as a lion, but in the great words of William Gurnall, Christian in Complete Armor, faith treads upon him as a worm. And so Steve and I want to equip you. We've co-authored this Bible study and this Steve, and I love how, how it's been laid out by our team. And we've got to give a shout out to 110 Pictures, our Absolutely. dear friend Jeremy Gant. Yep. Um, you know, Steve, I've, I've now done five Bible studies I have never been on a set like you and I were on where we filmed the teaching segments. And so this Bible study is exegetical. I want to, what does that mean? We take the word of God and we look at what the word of God says about evil in the world, Satan, how we have nothing to fear. But then the final three weeks guide us by the hand through our complete armor in Christ and total victory. And here's what I want people to know today. When we, when we look at Hamas, when we look at evil, Hezbollah, when we look at all the uncertainties, evil had a beginning. And as you'll learn in our study, evil will come to an end. Amen. And you mentioned uh, Jeremy Grant and the team at 110 Pictures. This entire thing was their brainchild. Uh, they came to me with the idea about it uh, several months ago, and then uh, I suckered you into being a part of it as well. And uh, th- I mean, the the production value of this project, I will say, our our filmmakers when we showed it to them, uh, when we showed it to to Carrie and Chuck and our pr- film production team, they were for nefarious. They were blown away by the production quality here. And it's very similar to the movie. Uh, The meat of the movie is a conversation that takes place between an atheist and a demon. And the meat of this study is a conversation here, but, but this is the contrast. Now the conversation is between a Christian and a theologian. And, and, and there's probably never been a more important time in the history of, of, of American culture. That's right. For the for the church to come to grips with the acknowledgement of of an unseen realm of spiritual warfare, of uh, of the existence, the objective existence of evil, and especially the reminder of that with the events that transpired nine days ago in Israel, and uh, we're going to get into. I mean, obviously, we're, we don't get into these specific issues because of production time. We didn't know they were going to happen. But but the very elements that lead to these kinds of, of stories where spiritual warfare comes into the natural realm and leaves the unseen realm. And now we can actually see what it looks like when it takes place in the natural world. We do get into all of those things. That's exactly right. And I want to just remind you of what C.S. Lewis, that great thinker of the 20th century, said. He said there's two equal and opposite errors when we talk about demons or Satan or evil. And this is Lewis now. He said one is to ignore their existence altogether. The second is to have this kind of weird, odd, unhealthy fascination with it. And Lewis actually wrote that in the prologue to his famous book. But by the way, Steve, Tolkien was not happy about this. He dedicated the book to Tolkien. Little did Tolkien know it would make C.S. Lewis a, a wartime celebrity in America. He wrote that in the prologue of Screwtape Letters. Mm. And so I want to encourage believers today and, and seekers as well, people that are wondering, you know, where do I turn for truth right now? Um, because I don't care what the latest massacre is, what the latest evil that we see in the world. The question is always the same. And Steve, you're, you're looking at a guy, you know, like you, I've been asked 40,000 questions. And so many of those questions are, is there really hope? 
And what I love about this Bible study is we give people hope because as believers in Jesus Christ, as men and women who stand on the authoritative word of God, that's full of, let me tell you, 7,487 promises, we can stand in victory right now, but we've got to spread hope right now. And we do that not because we're talented or we're so educated. We do that because we know the battle has already been won. As the great Warren Wearsby once said, the Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And Steve, what I love about your program, what I love about your audience, you guys are not in retreat. You know, no armor is given for the backside, if you know what I mean. When we study, and you and I point this out in our dialogue, and it's what's really cool about this, Steve offers his expert cultural commentary, and then he asks me questions and prompts me, hey, what does the Bible say about what we see here or there or this current event in culture? And we just bat the ball back and forth, Steve. And I know that when people watch this, they're going to be able to see evil more clearly, but they're also going to see how we can overcome it. And I want to keep saying this. Evil had a beginning. We get into this and evil will have an end. I think that's I like the fact that we start at the end. That's right. Because one thing I, I, I do fear is if we're going to finally acknowledge the the objective uh, force of evil at work in the world and the unseen realm. And, and we're going to we're going to acknowledge it, Jeremiah, because of how overwhelming the evidence is that it appears, at least in, 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 to our you know untrained eyes uh, in the physical, it appears to be at an advantage. It appears to be mounting. Right. So uh, my, my fear, though, is that we will then acknowledge it out of that fear. Um, and, and will remain in that fear of it rather than in the confidence of the maker of heaven and earth, um, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so I like I love the fact that that we don't play up the ominous aspects of this or uh, but, but we use this as a backdrop of saying what we're seeing happen right now in our culture is an yes. excellent opportunity for God to truly demonstrate his glory and his power yet again. So therefore, we need not be afraid. Well, and I want to make this clear, Steve, as you know, we're both dads. I have a 14-year-old daughter and I have an 11-year-old son. You better believe I'm going to be taking them through nefarious because guess what? They're asking me all the questions right now. They're seeing it on the internet. They're seeing it on the news. And so what's really cool is as a dad, I can walk them through. I love this. Know how to fight evil. I just love how this is laid out. And what I like is we every single week of the Bible study always starts with where the Bible meets life. And again, this is is, again, impacted by the conversations you and I are having, the incredible clips from Nefarious. But then we go through a text. So this week is Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. But then here's where I can fill it out with Lily and Justin. And we can actually talk about how we can unmask evil around us. And now we have nothing to be afraid of. And I want to keep saying that Jesus, the, the thing Jesus said more than, any el- more than anything else, and I'm a gospel scholar, so I know a thing or two about what the gospels actually say. The one command Jesus gave was, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. He doesn't stand in fear of Satan, nor should we. But let me tell you this. We are the people who bring hope. And a Christian in complete armor can confront evil. 
And let me tell you, part of confronting evil isn't some kind of weird deliverance thing. Let me make this very clear. It's destroying the strongholds of antichrist ideas that are so at work in our world. When we look at worldview, when we look at um, the fact that, Steve, I often say, you know, ideas have consequences, bad ideas have victims. And this is a war of worldview that we're seeing playing out in its latest iteration with Hamas. We see it playing out in the culture around us, and I'm tired of Christians living in fear, and that's why I'm very happy to get on this program with you and tell every Christian I know. And let me talk to the dads out there. Steve, can I can I just say something to the dads real sure. quick, if you don't you mind? Yeah. Jonathan Edwards said, and dads, just listen to me. If you're a dad or a granddad, if you're a surrogate dad, you are the pastor of your home. Did you hear what I just said? Not mom, not anyone else. And listen, my, you know, my wife is the CEO of our family, but she knows I'm the pastor of our home. It's on me. Jonathan Edwards said every family is a little church and the pastor is the dad. And so I have to be articulating what's going on in culture as, as a dad that cares about my kids. I have to be taking them through scripture. I have to be letting them know, yeah, evil's real, but we confront it in the power of Jesus' name. Amen to that for sure. Last thing. You and I, when we filmed this, we did this, we filmed these videos in one day. I think they were all filmed in one take, actually, all yep. unscripted. And we had a, a large... That's just because you're so awesome, Steve. <laughs> well, or we mailed it in, one of the two, maybe a little <laughs> bit of both. But what I really enjoyed was hearing from, you know, when you when you film these kinds of things, it requires ancillary support, uh, makeup, production, camera, and you can't, it, it, it's just, especially in LA when you're filming this, the the odds, everybody that comes in and does this is going to be a believer are not high. Okay. Right. It was fascinating to see how interested the entire uh, crew was, regardless of belief system and, and what you and I were discussing and filming that people are going to see uh, when they, when they get the video here for the nefarious Bible study. I mean, the crew was very intrigued and interested into the conversations that we were having. And that was unique. In fact, we had six cameras, y'all. And I say y'all because I'm from Texas where God has a second home. We had six <laughs> cameras on this set. We had 25 crew. 110 Pictures did an amazing job. This is something you would not be embarrassed to have friends over. Uh, you know, start a community group. Start a Bible study. I, Steve, just minutes before I came on your program live, I got an email from one of my brothers in Christ. He's like, I'm taking my whole company through this Bible study right now. Wow. Not, not his church Bible study. He's taking his company <laughs> through the Bible study. Uh, he's seen the trailer. And so there are a lot of people out there and, you know, this is your opportunity to step up and step out in leadership. And, you know, the more I know about my faith, the more I know about who I'm in Christ, the, the less I'm afraid of Satan. And listen, he's already defeated because of the cross. Colossians said that Jesus made a public spectacle of Satan in his victory over Satan on the cross. And we have too many Christians on retreat. We need to think about Jude chapter three. And Steve, I know this isn't a Christian show, but I appreciate you having my Christian perspective. On, and I appreciate what a great Christian thinker you are. The Jude 3 says, Epigenesomai in Greek, we've got to continue to attack. And so I pray, I pray that every believer gets this Bible study, gets it, get, in the, get it in the hands of your pastors right now, get it in the hands of your priest, get it in the hands of people that are having questions that are just living in fear, like some of my friends who are texting me, and then walk them through it, walk your family through it, and then start living in the freedom that victory in Christ gives us. Great stuff, Jeremiah. Thank you, brother.
Appreciate you. Hey, love you, man. Great partnering with you on this. You got it, man. Likewise. Take care. God bless. bless. Available now over at Amazon, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. You purchase the book for the Bible study there, written by Jeremiah and I. And then each book has a code that gives you access to the nefarious Bible study website where you can download and stream the videos that you can watch either for yourself or your small group. Uh, Again, Know Thy Enemy is the name of the Bible study, a nefarious Bible study, available launching today at Amazon.com. Any final thoughts, guys? Well... To your point about the victories already at hand, but listen, this is not a new conversation. What is believed to be the oldest book uh, written down in in the Bible? Job. Yeah. That that same back and forth is going on. Evil and its place in the world. We actually have the additional information now that the victory is at hand, but this is the conversation of our faith from beginning to end. Amen. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you on Wednesday with a special evergreen. No show tomorrow. Special evergreen on Wednesday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.